Hello and welcome back to the Handstand Cast with me, Emmett Lewis, and my co-host Mikhail Christiansen. How are things going, Mikhail? Mm, yeah. Uh, what was I thinking? Yeah, uh, this is one thing I've actually been thinking <laughs> about all day. Re- uh, I really don't know uh, what you're thinking. <laughs> all right, I haven't been thinking about it all day, but I did remember a dream that I had here a while ago, and for those of you who might have known me or followed me for a while you might know that i have extremely strange dreams uh and and this the, the dream i remember i th- told you emmett because you're in it uh, <laughs> so because i was just thinking about they can't just hit me today how fucking far out this dream is so in the dream there is there's just no context there's no like there's no people doing stuff there is just a concept that exists that is the new like there is, it's the new Wim Hof method. It's the new kind of like ice bathing thing. It's the new yeah. like biohacking thing that's going to fix your body. And it's it's in my dream. It's called the Tolerate Six, and, <laughs> and the Tolerate Six is a technique developed by Emmett Lewis, where you basically you put all your clothes on, including a cap, and then you go in the shower. You turn the water on for six seconds. And then you go out of the shower and this like magically healed all kinds of injuries and like various uh, psychological trauma and all kinds of stuff. And then it just ends. There was nothing else except you, Emmett, with your gray cap. You walked into a shower, you stood there and you got a bit wet for six seconds and you left and he was just like, wow, this is fucking revolutionary. So, yeah, I guess I'm doing fine <laughs> to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, well... Yeah, I always like to hear about when people are having dreams about me. Uh, <laughs> tolerate tolerate six. six. Maybe we should do a video on that. We'll do a boring. course on how to tolerate six seconds in yeah. water. Yeah, and it was, it was just so utterly pathetic too because the water wasn't cold or anything. There wasn't a lot of water. It was just a little bit of water that just trickled down your cap and your, your clothes got wet. And that was it. You know, by harnessing the power of the placebo effect, that you was probably pretty crazy. good. Like... Warm showers are just as good as cold showers when you harness the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, for six seconds. Yeah, for six seconds. Only. It's pretty hard to get in and out of a shower in six seconds, particularly if you have one of these screen doors to deal with. Mm. So that's oh, going to yeah, ramp your adrenaline up, which will give like the immune system benefits. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. I think it's I think it's a good idea. I think we should roll mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, we should sell this fucking thing. Like That's going to be the new handstand factory program. <laughs> Tolerate six. <laughs> Tolerate six. <laughs> Oh wow! What a know. fucking name, too. Yeah. What's wrong with my goddamn brain when I sleep? I don't get it. They were like, right, this... yeah, but how about you then, Emmett? Are you still in lockdown? I guess. Uh, yeah, you we're on infinite week. lockdown. I think Ireland's just decided lockdown is the new way of life because it keeps everyone out of the pubs and everyone does. Yeah, there's a weird thing going on in my country. Actually, I will share it to you, where people are building home bars to sneak their friends in so they have a home bar. Fair enough. It's one of those things. But it's gotten to the stage where getting ads on Instagram for, you know, you're in a bar and there's that thing where you sit on the high chairs and there's that like foot thing, the foot rail that goes around the bar. Well, there's now people who are like doing metal work who will come to your house illegally and they're doing ads that are all very like on the QT on Instagram. Why I get targeted for this on Instagram, I don't know because I don't really drink. But they will come to your house and they'll measure up your home bar to have a custom made foot rail, possibly a designer one in gold plate if needs be put in of course it's in gold plate it's fucking yeah. Ireland well that was only one of them there is just normal metal ones as well but uh, <laughs> Irish people can be very t- trashy in some ways we're very cool in other ways but we can be sometimes a little trashy 
Yeah, so that's what I'm getting. And then, yeah, I think... Yeah. I think Instagram just has a very wrong picture of me anyway, speaking of ads. Like, yeah, but then again, Emmett, you, you're the guy there that is actually following... I mean, what what's it called? That one you sent me, the Ugly Irish Homes or whatever? Ugly Irish Homes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's fine. But like for some reason, I've been getting ads like... Let's put it this way. I don't have a driver's license. I can drive, but I don't have a driver's license. Not that I really care. But I get ads for like mechanics equipment on Instagram, like car lift to lift a car up to go underground, mm. like compressor to run your tools off, you know, how to dig a new hole, that whole thing mechanics have where you can drive the car over and go underneath. I get ads for this shit all That's the fucking great. time. And yeah, but like this started to happen to me too after like on YouTube, when I use YouTube on my phone, I just... Like I used a little hidden like uh, information sign uh, yeah. that's in the le- lower left corner to remove the ads. And I just don't give them a reason or like I write in like that it's irrelevant. And yeah. I just keep getting loads of random garbage on there. And like, like I get a lot of like, um, <laughs> what's it called? I get a lot of ads for like waifu sim games and like just complete random game. shit. I think they have you and nailed. I, and, and on Facebook, I get like constant like, what's it called? I'm barely on Facebook, but if I go in there, I see these, there is these ads for various like conspiracy theory, like Gaia, revolution, spirit mayhem stuff. And it's just, it's fantastic because you missed the point. Yeah. But Emmett, we had a point somewhere to make with this podcast. Do we? Didn't we? We always have a point. Yeah. I suppose our topic for today, now that we've uh, enlightened everyone into the madness, which is our life and this lockdown ads anyway fuck that shit uh topic today is minimalist minimalist handstand training so what we're kind of suppose we're going to approach it from a few angles and just give you some ideas of like let's face it at various points in your life you're going to be restricted in various things either space time or equipment so what like what comes down what is what is like the minimalist handstand training? How much do you need to do? And what's like a minimalist session is probably one of these things. I suppose that's probably the important thing to deal with. Like minimalist amount of handstand equipment. What do you need? A floor. Yeah. The end. Yeah, that, yeah. that is that. I mean, that, that is always the, the plus of handstands. I mean, you can even roam around outside until you find a, a flat enough space somewhere and you yeah. can do something. So that's. That's always a, a, a great thing with it. But I think, yeah, in terms of those various angles, you can look at kind of the minimalist. <coughs> minimalist I actually have a lot of things to say about this floor thing because uh, many years ago when we were doing the Silver Leaf project, me and Elisa were cruising. We were traveling around Asia. This is our plan was kind of, we had a different plan that we don't do anymore, but we were cruising around. Uh, at the time, we were both training a lot of handstands. I'm we like, cool. We're going to go Indonesia all this way around and make our way up to Thailand, all this kind of travel shit you do. And did you know how hard it is to find the floor you can actually handstand on in Asia? I know. Yeah, it's, it's actually it not is. too easy. You think like, oh, it would be fine. So you're staying in hotels. There's Maybe there's not enough space to bail or whatever. Fair enough. But like the floors are not even. They might be creaky. One time I had the perfect floor, but it was infested with biting ants. So I would do a handstand <laughs> and my hand would get Sad attacked piece. by fucking ants. Uh, if you, I hate insects, by the way. It's just one of those things that if they're crawling on me, I fucking can't handle them. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like, okay, crawling ants. And then you're standing there. So you have to keep pacing when you're doing your training. And then your sets, the second they last too long. 
carpets that are gone too skanky. Uh, yeah, floors that are just... Yeah, or like all these kind of cool boho kind of places where you might stay. Uh, yeah, where it's just like the floor is like instead of tiles or wood, it's just like stones. That's awesome. But then you can't handle that on. Uh, mm. What else? In terms yeah, of minimalist floor. I've got a lot of complaints about this one, but it's kind of one of those things like you think you take a floor for granted. You think, oh, I should be able to find a floor. But sometimes you just can't. Mm. And that's what I find really, I don't know I don't know if, if I found it interesting. I found it uh, mildly infuriating, but fair enough. But it was just like, and even then, when you find like places outdoors, the amount of places I found when we were on our travels where you're not allowed to do physical activity. Mm. This is a really strange one for me. There's a lot of places where there's like, there's parks with grass which are flat and you know ideal for doing a bit of training on or just hanging out on even, but you're not allowed on the grass. Mm. You just and like I'm not talking about like I can understand if it's an ornamental lawn and this kind of stuff, but where you know big park, I don't know the Dublin equivalent like Stevens Green or Marion Square or something like this for those people who have visited Ireland. So your normal sort of everyday park where you would go and play frisbee or hang out or have a picnic, and no, you're not allowed on the grass <laughs> and people will stop you going on the grass it is only there to be pretty yeah it is only there to be pretty and it's like some of them were quite big as well it wasn't just like that's the thing it's not like oh you know a small lawn with flowers and you're just going to trash it i understand that but like mm. someone was like here's like six football fields and you're not allowed on them but there's some paths through them so yeah yeah but I, I guess the um I mean, the number one advice, and you are right, like it can be easier or like it can be harder to find than um, than maybe uh, first assumed. But yeah. uh, like get yourself a plank, uh, like yeah. any kind of handstand board. We've spoken about that before. Just just take a fucking board of any kind of wood that won't break when you stand on it and make sure it's as flat as you want it to be. You can even pad it down underneath with like, uh, rubber or stuff like that if you don't want it to slip or if you want it to kind of uh, shape itself a little bit ar like around what's underneath so that it flattens when you start like so the board is, is stable and flat when you stand on it yeah uh, blocks can also work blocks work perfectly on like on stuff like sand or like, yeah you know, blocks are good on or, yeah or on grass it can be nice since like you just find the right place for for your blocks and and they'll they'll stick around neatly uh, but I think that like, um, or at least for me in terms of minimalist practice, like my, my first kind of, how to say, association is more kind of uh, the, like the philosophical minimalist uh, <laughs> in in the term of like, okay, how do you practice in kind of a minimal fashion? And I guess we then need to define like it, it, it would depend on like your goals kind of and what you're trying to or let's say that like you, you're doing minimalist training because of some sort of, there are some conditions in your life that forces you to do so. Uh, and then I think it's in general, like you would might be better off not trying too hard to like improve, like in, in loads of various regards, because like you might just not have the, the time and the effort to put into it. Uh, yeah. So... So like reducing your your expected outcome of the of the period might just be smart. You can say, okay, well, I'm I'm just going to maintain uh, these few most important skills uh, by a little bit of practice, and then you can take a more intense period later. Um, 
And again, like we've talked about the handstand, it's very skilled. It's very skill work. So it does require a little bit of that fine tuning with a, with often yeah. more frequency than than just raw strength training. So that can be like a, a, an important approach if you are in then those types of of times where uh, you just you just can't do a lot. Um, and like, but at the at the other at the other time, like uh, on or on the other side, like you can in one sense get a lot done. Uh, if you look upon it from like a perspective, oh, okay, I'm I'm going to do, I'm going to choose these three balances, and I'm going to do each of them pretty well twice, and then I'm done. And then yeah. you try to sneak that in like every day, or maybe even like twice every day, or two days a week, or whatever it is that you choose, like a very limited amount, and you just you whenever you go in and you do them, you make sure that you do them well, and you choose something that's on your spectrum of skill usually something that's pretty like average yeah. and something that you can pull off and that you keep pulling that off over this period of time and it can actually net you gains even if, if you yeah. do it correctly yeah there's definitely like this is you know having been a coach and having been a trainer or a trainee and there's definitely a couple of ways of approaching it this is what i kind of find a bit fascinating about is like one way that i like but can be a bit challenging sometimes is if you can find, if you know there's a gap in your handstand training, you go, oh, say my upper back fatigues when I do tuck handstands and that's what goes. So then you could go, okay, I only have like, let's say your minimalist session is 15, 20 minutes, where I know most people are like, oh, you mean 15, 20 minutes? But you go, okay, I'm just, I've got 15, 20 minutes. That's all I've got to do handstands this week and I'm going to do some other training, whatever. But maybe you just do like, five sets of 30 to 40 second took handstands using the wall aiming to hone in on this upper back push mm. and that's your training and that will take about like 10 minutes and then a couple of minutes just to warm up mm. if even and that kind of like you know i've seen i actually put people through that exact program just like billy himself and then when mm. we came back to the point where they weren't traveling for work and they're traveling for a month to work and so like, okay let's do this three or four times a week mm. then coming out of it they actually had net gains in their practice because we honed in on one detail, yeah. gave it enough to fatigue it and overload it. Yep. They had enough rest to recover. And then when they came back, it's like, oh, that one thing, which was the the weak point. Mm. And that's kind of, that's when it comes down to like, uh, there's this minimalist idea of like, okay, just attack one weak point yep. with a, you know, three, four, five sets. You've done well, done with very good quality. And then you can come back and go, okay, maybe like, let's face it, you will lose some precision. The precision will come back in a week or two, if there's anything. But then afterwards, you might see quite a big net gain. Mm. But this also kind of requires you to have quite an objective overview of your handstand training and going, oh, this is my weak point and this exercise targets it exactly, mm. which can be challenging when you're, it depends. It can be, I always find it's more difficult at intermediates than it is for advanced or beginners. Mm. beginners are very like simple to program for it's very linear it's like okay we need these attributes we need this okay this is your weak point your weak point is body tension we'll just do body tension drills your weak point is your fingers or your weak point is your balance blah 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 mm. or overbalance or underbalance intermediate it can just be a bit nebulous can be a bit vague yeah. and then advanced yeah. people it can be just like okay you're advanced and you can advanced people tend to make one mistake or have one fatal flaw mm. whereas intermediates have a lot of flaws it hasn't coalesced into one major flaw mm. so that yeah. sorry go on 
No, I just it made me think because I had a class earlier today. Uh, I was teaching uh, a girl that I've taught a couple of times now, and uh, she's pretty strong, uh, but struggles with like you know, she, she struggles with the classical. Like she does the two open, and that is kind of her preferred position. Ex gymnast yeah. uh, struggles to like kind of close and like tuck jumps, straddle jumps. They're tough for her. So, like for her, like now she's doing a practice where she she's training a decent amount, but. Like if I choose one thing for her, or or I think for her I would do two things in terms of like if if I do such a practice, and that would be tuck and straddle jumps just for repetitions, like just getting getting a, an amount of those done and tuck slides basically because that would target like the main area that she struggles in and and also like she's a hand to hand flyer uh, yeah. and and I mean you you know what happens to hand to hand flyers if their shoulders shoot forwards in a straddle up it's going to be really hard for the base yeah uh, and that's what she's being told and she struggles with uh, and that would be actually like an interesting scenario and I, I should even consider like I should even um uh, recommend that to her to just have a face just do these two fucking same movements like over a period of time and uh like leave a little bit the other things that she can actually do behind for a while and then see um like if you get any gains on that and it's it's an interesting way to approach handstand training too which i think can be a bit difficult to combine with like the kind of regular hand balancing mindset that has been kind of cultivated um which is this kind of like it becomes a little bit kind of you gotta catch them all kind of approach you need to train all of these different attributes and elements uh, and whereas that can be very good, and particularly on higher levels, you need to kind of move into these various ranges and aspects to to cover everything. But I do think there's definitely um, a lot that can be done with with periods where you just do this one thing, and like you said, you 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 then do a period where you have a lot less training, which means that your recovery potential is higher. Uh, and yes, you are going to be a bit rusty technically when you get back, but then like you're 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 coming with like the foundation of your of your practice might be very strengthened if you've been able to find that kind of key point that you've been lacking yeah it's definitely like i i always take this as a bit of a challenge because like let's face it a l- not a lot but uh, a large percentage of the say the clients i get for one-to-one coaching they generally have a job they're working some of them will only actually have time to train two or three times a week and that includes all their stuff, strength, mobility, flexibility, and handstands. So finding these details and finding that linchpin of like, oh, you know, say these are the four things you need to work on a handstand when you're going to train twice a week. So you do two of them on a Monday and two of them on a Friday. Mm. And you can still see, like, that's the thing, if you can hone in on the detail and, you know, it's, as I said, it's difficult. Sometimes you'll need to ask someone or get someone to check out and go, oh, you know, this, this, and this is what you need to work on. And then just work on them really with a lot of earnest focus. You can get a lot of transference. Mm. But it's also at the same time, it's like if we were to segue back, like what is the most minimalist handstand training you could do? Is just the handstand. Mm. It like you can this is the kind of thing, is the holistic approach in some ways is like, oh, I have, you know, I've said this to people and things like, okay, I've got 10, 15 minutes during the week to do handstands. What do I do? I just said, just do handstands. Mm. No drills, no thing. Just, you know, pick whatever shape yeah, you want to work on. Yeah. Just do handstands. Mm. 
and it works like it's just kind of sometimes we can get a bit more tailored and a bit more specific on like oh work this this and this as we say obviously mm. but that idea of like oh handstands just do it there you go the most minimalist practice you can yeah and it's it's interesting too if you look at uh i mean I think it's it's easy to plan handstands like we talked about before, either directly around uh, just progressive overloads fitness models because like yeah, handstands has kind of entered into the fitness field, or make it around like how someone would train in circus school, or you start emulating what people would do in sports. But most people that <clears throat> that do it, let's face it, have like you say a life and a limited amount of time they can do things, and perhaps also rather limited scopes and what they want to do with it. They want to get some certain skill level because they think it's awesome and that's more than enough. But uh, then if that is the case, it is unlikely that you do have uh, the time and the, or at least even the quality time of training um, to to do such a schedule. And I mean, this is, this is one of the reasons why circus school work works so well for people to develop is because like all of your other worries are out the window. You are only there and only focusing on this thing. You're in an environment which caters to you only doing and getting good at this one thing. And if you don't yeah. have like that, then, then why should you necessarily train like that? And if like most people, like you, you, you can then have intense periods and you can have less intense periods of, of your practice and for me it's actually interesting because this year has been one of the f- first times i've experienced that because i've been way too extreme for like 15 years and <laughs> gone ham basically while this year there's been a lot of ups and downs and i'm like i haven't been able to train that much or bothered so i haven't had any goals with it. it's been boring you've been injured all that and like suddenly you see that like hmm, okay like like right now like i talked to like I mentioned on the previous podcast as well that i started to do weighted chin-ups and it's like suddenly you see oh hey I'm just doing this thing once a week, separate from the other training, and it works. Interesting. Like yeah. maybe I can apply some of this to some of the other skills that I'm doing, and I'm I'm doing that at the moment. And it's it's. I think nice it's kind of to... in fashion. For mm. uh, I think it's kind of in fashion lately for hand balancers to do bodybuilding contests. We've seen Pavel Stankovic has done one. Yeah, uh, he did the X years. Andrey Bondarenko has done one as well. Did maybe he? your oh, yeah, it's right. your time to shine. <laughs> Oh yeah, maybe maybe I should go for the fitness. No, no, Lucas Daue will do that instead. Lucas Daue, well, he doesn't really like. Yeah, he's a machine, but he he doesn't really. I wouldn't call him a hand balancer. No, yeah, no, he can he can kind of one arm. You should totally do it. Ruffian. <laughs> oh man, like let's do it uh, for a bit of fun. It'll be like it can bring me back to my roots of training bodybuilders. <laughs> oh god, but, uh, uh, no, yeah. I, I'll get way too heavy. Uh, you can get Morgan. No, you can get uh, shredded. Yeah, shred it. You don't need this thing. Do fitness prep. You don't need to be. You don't need to get big. And you don't need big legs because you wear the long shorts. So then you're fine. Oh yeah, it's kind of the men's physique division yeah. or what they call it. <laughs> the the pretty boys contest. Mm. No, um, I I think I think it'll be too big of a hassle. So uh, <laughs> I I'll I'll respectfully say no, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting to to think about it in this in this way of of the kind of uh, alt- alternating periods. And it's funny, I mean, I guess in sports they do a lot of that too, um, with kind of like like more intense periods up until a competition and then you have like less afterwards and so on. But um, 
yeah. but yeah like not underestimating it i think is is very good because it's like one thing which sadly happens to a lot of people that train these kind of skill skill based things with such clear parameters of, of success and failure like it can get very stressful like you can feel yeah. that you're falling behind you're not getting as good as you wanted see other people progressing faster than you and like the natural instinct will be to do more if you like if you value kind of the the ability of, or like if you va value the abilities uh then you think that oh shit these people are getting this good then i should be doing more and it can be such a detrimental thing to to do and think when like all you're kind of doing is just wrecking yourself further yeah think yeah i think it's one of those things as well it depends on kind of touching what you're talking about on the other training stuff it depends on like what you want to train at the moment it's one of those things like there can be times when like oh i want to focus on just getting bigger and i you know whatever that's my skill i'm just getting bigger i'm just getting shredded or whatever you just have a different fitness goal but you still want to maintain your handstand ability and this is one of those things i find is kind of interesting is that you'll find that there is indicator exercises in your practice that if you know this if you know you can do this and you know you maintain this you know most of the other things in the kind of similar skill set are available so mm -hmm. let's you point. know so this is kind of so you can take this kind of minimalist idea it's like okay i want to put all my training volume into something else but i need to make sure i don't want to lose any of my handstands so for me say saying as for me is like once i know my pike handstand is good and once I can maintain a good shoulder position in it, then I know basically everything on my two-arm set is there. Mm. And then, like, say, from Mikhail's training, from observing Mikhail training, you have that kind of warm-up set you do where you kind of go through all the one-arms. Yeah. And I'm pretty confident, like, if you've done that set and just worked on it, you probably, and, like, done nothing else for a month or two, but just done that once a day or twice a day, or, mm. like, two sets, two rounds of that kind of warm set, you'd probably still be 99% of your skill set would still be there, bar a bit yeah, of strength and kind of some of the heavier moves. Yeah, probably, probably. And um, that kind of, yeah, and that kind of movement, finding these in your training, and some people, it will be shape changes. Oh, if I know I can do a straight to straddle to tuck to straight in a loop, mm. I know my shoulders are good. Or it could be like, oh, if I can kick up and hold a 60-second handstand first attempt, then I know the rest of my stuff is available. It's going yeah. to be personal, these kind of indicator exercises, but learning to find them and learning to find what it is for you. And what is, you know, sometimes it can just be an exercise that appeals to you. It doesn't have to be a set in stone one. Just, and it can be by feeling as well. Like mm -hmm. this is the kind of thing, like in, let's face it, endurance is a physical quantity that will drop. Strength is a physical quantity that will drop. Feeling and sensitivity in an exercise if you can maintain it the same and feel it and, you know, feel you're in control of your body parts and have, you know, mental availability for the skill, it's one of these things like when you know you're efficient at a skill is when you don't have to use a lot of mental focus and can maintain kind of a relaxed focus during it or have availability of mind to kind of scan the rest of the body or, you know, in this kind of idea, like you say if you're doing a sporting contest being able to maintain a conversation while doing the skill would show you have the efficiency handstand it's kind of harder to talk up to them but just give you an idea of what you're looking for and if you can maintain that availability of the skill both mentally and physically then you'll understand go oh this is my practice this is where it comes with my handstand practice my handstand journey mm -hmm. and then you'll know oh it's got different stops on the way and if i can still get to x stop 
then the rest of my skill set should basically be available bar strength and bar endurance. Yeah, that's that's actually a very good point. And I mean, I I encourage everyone that's listening to like, yeah, think think about that. Like, try to find out those kind of uh, defining uh, abilities within what you can do. Uh, and uh, or like, yeah, these kind of the the indicators and. Um, it gives you quite a lot of information too like it can be on daily basis just like uh and and don't put put don't put the bar super high on it because if it's like uh for example with that set you you said to me like that is something that is like unless i'm really tired or like broken i can usually pull through it pretty pretty easily but um like if I put put in like two more positions into it that were really hard, for example, then I might then it might be then I might need to be on kind of have a good day to do it, and then then it's then it's not really what you're looking for. You're looking for an exercise that is kind of somewhere in the middle of your your skill level, but it's still kind of like it's it's maybe like middle plus of your of your skill level, yeah. and and. You know that, like, if if you keep doing this one and nothing else, like you said, you'll you might lose a bit, but you won't lose a lot. Uh, yeah. And and using that as kind of a signifier then of of where you are, uh, training wise, and like just a couple of like examples that I immediately think about with this is like, uh, it's the handstand itself, obviously being able to hold it for like a, a certain amount of time, depending on you. Uh, pike handstand uh press to handstand again for someone who has easy access to a press if you're if you're like a guy that thinks oh yeah i can press but like your press is still a one rm and it's rough and it's hard don't put it there because like it's it's a hard skill for you if you can press five and you do one press like that it's not going to be that hard for you and so on and so on yeah it's one of those things on the one rm point it's like oh if i have a press that's kind of in that the equates to like 90 to 100 percent one rm kind of zone it's just one of these things that it can be uh yeah if you start putting i know some people have tried this if you put it in as an indicator exercise all you're telling is basically the preparedness and the readiness of the nervous system to do maximal strength on that day so it doesn't really give you a thing whereas if you yeah if you're able to blast have five plus reps of a press and you just don't press this is the thing like pressing could be an awesome minimalist handstand training and mm. that kind of thing is like, oh, I'll just do presses, and but I'll you know I can string three or four of them together. I'll just do three presses, and I'll just do sets, and I'll just do for a block of time. You don't even count reps. You can count reps, obviously, keep some progress. But this idea of just like, oh, I'm just going to do presses, because let's face it, it has a bit of strength, it has a bit of balance. It'll probably have, unless you're really precise, it'll have a bit of practice on correcting mistakes. So this is kind of quite good if you're feeling fresh you can get a bit more in if you are tired you can do a bit less mm. as uh these kind of things depending on the situation of your minimalist training mm. and also like it'll 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 depend on like what kind of other training you're doing like i've had many people that work with that like come in and they want to do the handstand training but they are actually doing a bunch of other things at the same time and they want to keep them uh and usually then you just they just end up doing too much and like they they eventually <laughs> say they just need to cut things which is obvious like you, you're doing a handstand program which like 
then you are asking your coach to write you a program which challenges you, obviously. Uh, yeah. And then, then you're going to do all these other things. And I mean, if, if, if the other things were basically squats and some leg work, okay, yeah, you might fry your nervous system and be sore in the legs and stuff a couple of days, but it wouldn't be the same as if like that regime also contains like tons of push-ups and pull-ups, just for example. Yeah. Like you, you are using your upper body in a way that is going to maybe not the first week or the second week put you back much, but over time it might. So it's something to consider that like you might then think, okay, I'm doing a more intense period of handstands. Well, go minimalist then on your pull-ups or your other kind of things, for example, just so that you're ensuring that the th the thing that like is because I, I think the, the the minimalist thing here is more about like if you if you need or if you do that it it might be because you need to do that because something else has the actual focus whether yeah. that is like you have an intense period at work or if it's kids or if it's whatever like there's something else demanding the attention so like trying too hard in those those periods to fit everything in can just i mean I, I've never been burnt out, but I guess this is partly how those things happen with just too 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 much life happening at once <laughs> for too long of a period of time. That basically uh, sums point. up my last three years. <laughs> too much life happening and all yeah. the other stuff behind the scenes going on. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. And the Rona. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so this is kind of... I feel you can also get like minimalist in what you are doing on that day. So if we look at what, let's just say you're training three times a week, simple kind of thing. You go, okay, I've got, I'm doing some other training, but on those three times a week, I'm going to do 10 to 15 minutes of handstands. So you can split up your handstand, your days by topic. So instead of doing the same program, you could just pick a team to work on. You know, okay, I'm going to work on balance. Oh, I'm going to work on press strength. I'm going to work on entries. So then it makes things very simple. It's like, okay, I'll just today I'm just gonna try do fifty kickups or twenty straddles, twenty pike ups, something like that. In and done, mm. aim for quality, get your quality sets in, no long holds, just in and done. Boom. Oh, cool. Today I'm just gonna, you know, limit myself. And this kind of limitation is kind of something I really I like to play with. In training particularly when i was doing a bit more classes like you're only allowed to do 10 handstands in the whole class this would challenge mm -hmm. i'd set people so you have to make them count yeah that's an interesting and perspective that's a very like it's a very interesting thing to play with it's just like okay you have you know 15 minutes particularly when i was doing a bit more circus classes and things where you'd be doing more skills and handstands wouldn't be the main thing it's like okay your 15 minute part block of this class is to do 10 handstands you have to make them count and you're only allowed to do 10. Mm. So this kind of idea of like putting, you know, it's kind of like putting the gun to your head and going handstand, but not quite. But it's got that same flavor of like, that's it. That's all you get. That's all you're allowed to do. And then you have to mm. move on. Is just interesting because it's amazing. Like when you kind of put that limitation onto someone, particularly if you if you enjoy your training, other stuff and go, can I make this count? Can I, you know, this is when you start seeing people get really precise and really controlled. But there's kind of, there's one of those things like, oh, maybe we lose a bit of that 
relaxed flow because there's a lot of tension involved in the thinking. But at the same time, that tension can be very like focusing on one point at one time and then going for it. So that's one of the things I definitely suggest people to try is just like, you know, give yourself a set amount of handstand attempts or sets or whatever. So then if you kick up and you bail, that's one of your attempts gone. Take it away from yourself. <laughs> you know, you Yeah, like it it's 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 a it's a cool cool way of thinking about it. And it also uh inspires or like it makes me think about uh I mean another way of seeing minimalism is not necessarily like reducing the amount you do, but it's like reducing the uh variation of what you do. And I I guess like everyone sort of does this. Like I mean you do, you do it even in just regular uh, weight training. You don't go in and train the same movement every single day. You have you split them apart, right? Yeah. While handstands is troubling with with that, since you're you're going to stand on your hands every time, and it's going to involve the same muscle groups and so on and so on and so on. Uh, but I think everyone, including me, had like sort of starting to build up this kind of routine. You go through the motions of various things, and you have this kind of set vocabulary you do each day and then you might have a little bit of different focus on various days but i've at least found myself i think sabotaging a lot of practice because of like just having had the habit of going through like x things before starting to do a certain focus so like i go through like i do my two arm a couple of times i stretch and then i do my root like warm-up yeah. sets and then i do straights and like then I do some figas, and then I do some flags, and then I do some presses, and then I go on to working on like uh, uh, switches, for example. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I could probably do a lot of good switches if I didn't use all that energy on all those other things that I do every single day anyway. Yeah. And I think I think there is a bit of FOMO easily with hand balancing in that sense that you just you're so used to doing it in this way, and then you think that you might be losing out if you if you don't do it. Yeah. And that's something that like. Uh, I mean, I've, I stopped really doing that a couple of years ago, but like even more now when like I'm, I'm, I'm basically limiting a lot of my training now, like partly also because of the recovery of my shoulder where like I have like my strength training day on Monday and then like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I kind of dabble with handstands. It's, it's not nothing serious. I mess around a bit yeah. on purpose. It's quite actually minimalist. Like today I did a couple of like i was like okay i want to just stretch my sides a bit let's do a couple of flags so i did maybe like three or four sets of just back and forth with some flags and i was pretty much done like, yeah. there wasn't much more that i wanted to do and then like i know i'm going to train hard on on the friday so it's kind of um it becomes an element of that yeah uh, and choosing like be being i think specific a little bit in terms of what you train uh, per day can also be very smart uh, yet again if you don't overdo it you think like oh yeah, yeah since i worked on straight handstands on monday that means i can do 648 flags on tuesday because i didn't do any flags nonsense you are still loading the same muscle <laughs> you, you you need you need to, you need to be sensible but you can you can certainly get stuff out of not just keeping repeating all the same motions all of the time on the same tired muscle groups. So yeah. there's, there's, it's difficult to strike that balance and it's something you kind of need to find within like in your own capacity, but it's certainly worth thinking about, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that idea of just like having a theme to the day and a flavor can mm-hmm. also be minimalism in a different form of like, oh, I'm still doing my normal session, 
but I'm just only going to focus on this subset of my skills mm. and go, okay, that's what the theme of the day is. So it's not like, oh, I do everything. And then the other one, there's one I wanted to drop actually on the time limited stuff. I just pop back into my head. So mm. this is an idea for those who are limited on time and also tend to extend the rest periods by fucking around on their phone. So mm. credit for this one goes to Tom, a client of mine, Tom. Uh, hi Tom, I know you're listening. And he basically said, if you get the Gym Boss Interval Timer app on your phone, and then he was set. What he was doing is basically he had limited. He had limited time, and he would fuck around on his phone and put things on Instagram, send questions, answer messages, whatever. But he had limited time. He had to find a way to stop himself messing on his phone. So mm. he got the Gym Boss Interval Timer. I'm sure you can get any other kind of interval timer. And he'd set his session up on it. So he was doing like, he was, you know, had a workout that was whatever, certain amount of entries, rest for a minute, certain amount of thing. So he just worked out the kind of rough times this would take. And then just had it like minute on, minute rest, minute on, minute rest, minute on, 45 seconds rest, whatever, whatever was prescribed. Mm-hmm. But then he'd have it on and then he'd have the timer running the whole time on the session. And the timer also blocks notifications on the phone. And because mm-hmm. it's running... Then suddenly his, he's basically saying his like his sessions weren't at the time weren't super long. They were meant to be, they meant to be thirty minute sessions, but they were getting to forty five minutes to sixty minutes, or sometimes he'd not get them finished by the time he had to wrap up. Mm. And by doing this and just like killing the notifications on his phone, he was able to cram his full sessions in at a pace that was set, sticking to all his rest periods and everything, mm. but also blocking the notifications. So he saved himself time killed the notification distraction function and kept the mm. session kind of crammed into his time block. So yeah. it's kind of an interesting one if you find yourself like, let's face it, we have a limited, like focus is a limited re- resource. And you kind of, if you start losing your focus during your sessions, which happens a lot once before you get used to long sessions, everything kind of flags where if you keep that kind of pressure plate, the pressure boiler, boiler room kind of effect, somehow mm. you can sometimes get better quality work done in a shorter amount of time yeah yeah there's certainly something to that yeah uh, there is a this is kind of balance i think you find where you can get like yeah i know i particularly like say with weight training stuff like that for me it's like oh if i can keep the boilerplate on not only do i get a faster session i get better quality work done because i just have more focus hmm. and my focus doesn't run out by like the last exercise if i just kind of ramble around hmm. and tom also achieved this in his like by killing the distractions on the phone with the timer mm. it's like two birds and one stone okay you have the the closing door effect of the timer okay i gotta get my set done now okay i gotta mm. rest now okay i gotta go again you yeah. know let's face I it i mean it, it can really be good i just think it's i mean as we've talked about before in terms of the uh, uh sometimes you do need like you need the time to just be ready in terms of if you do te- like very high difficulty technical work then this might not be the 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 best thing to to do always but i mean if if you if if the technical bar is slightly lower and you're working kind of on on more conditioning based stuff or things that you're like that is at least almost in your pocket i think that uh, it can be very effective and like particularly for i think for endurance and stuff like that it, it it's probably king yeah, because you can you can you can set the parameters pretty straight, and you can you can um, 
you can also monitor them and you can you can track progress and all of that kind of stuff so i think in terms of of developing the the endurance which which will for for basically everyone be relevant during certain like time periods of their practice it's it's doing that can be invaluable and it's actually something i should consider myself on on my um, <clears throat> on the trainings where i do my endurance work nowadays yeah. on fridays uh because then yeah yeah like i'll actually take that one to heart too it's uh yeah it's a neat one for that yeah it's kind of an interesting one just to be like yeah not like this is the problem with like more skilled training or training that has a bit of a, maybe a social aspect and other stuff is rest period spread where mm. it's good for all technical stuff but if you're trying to get something done in a block of time and let's face it you're doing 10 sets back to the thing you're doing 10 sets minute on minute off 20 minutes but you let your rest periods expand by 20 30 seconds each set suddenly mm. you've done your session is five minutes longer than you intended just mm. because you had 30 minutes seconds more rest yeah 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 that kind of can kill our minimalist philosophy if we're minimal mm. on time mm. yeah it's it's definitely um like a, a way to basically make yourself double less uh and i mean as that can be good but it's it can also just just lead to loads of nothing happening and yeah um i, I think i think again it is it is something that is very interesting to try and also in the other direction if you are one of those people that have to have the fucking metronome on and you have to be like super strict on all this like yeah maybe try the other direction try a while where you where you do the opposite like you rest as long as you want and you you mess around and you do you do whatever and if you are like so that you basically allow yourself to try to swap perspective a bit because there are there there might be interesting lessons to learn um from yeah. the other approach because and i do think this is very relevant for people that have done it a while because you start developing such strong habits and such like specific ways of, of working and you know what you're comfortable with um and try to break that apart a bit uh is certainly one that is um that is important um or not important maybe the wrong word but i mean it it can be at least interesting because you you put yourself in a slightly new context within the thing that you you're you're within the thing that is still the same so um yeah, again, that is a little bit what I'm experiencing now with like my radically different uh, training schedule where I basically like before I used to try to do like basically f like my aim was to do five trainings a week. <laughs> and I mean, that is fine. I'll likely return to that when I'm when I'm in, in solid shape and stuff. While now I, I, I aim for one strength training a week and two proper handstand sessions and two fuck around these sessions, like yeah. literally. And when I do fuck around these sessions, I mean it. Like, I come in, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? Okay, let's mess around a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Okay, now I've maybe done, like, seven or eight sets. Okay, done. I'm going to train hard tomorrow. Sayonara. Done. Finished. Yeah. So, having, like... And for me, that is a very different perspective than these, like, like Omega sessions that could last, like, four hours that I used to constantly do all the time before and try to do way too many things with it and, like, where you kind of get limited re results on it. Um so it's to to me at least like when i look back at the periods where i learned a lot and when i had like rapid development it's usually been in periods where i have been focused and uh where i'd have like okay yeah this this is that day a week get yeah. warm get on with it 
and then you leave it a while alone for a while and you, you you change the focus on the next day rather than having this like constant trying to do the trick approach compared to just okay i i work i work on shit with like a sensible routine how yeah. about that <laughs> yeah meister michael with a sensible routine no. what the actual shit is that don't do it it's a bad idea don't do it never have a routine minimalist minimalize the amount of paper you're using by not having a routine <laughs> uh, minimalize the entire thing by just cutting it all together throw yeah. that shit out exactly fuck it I'm gonna wrap the podcast up there I think I've covered all the points or have you yeah, covered all yeah, your points much. yeah it's a good one it's a minimalist podcast so yeah it's a minimalist short. podcast take it or leave it now fuck <laughs> off <laughs> roll credits, roll credits. <laughs> I'm out of here boom mic drop done uh, why did you knock that lamp over so close uh, no no i've actually knocked into the lamp three fucking times today and it makes this sound every time and it pisses me off <laughs> like i've been reaching up to grab something on that shelf three times three separate times and i smacked into it every single time god fucking damn it awesome uh right let's wrap it up there before Mikael <laughs> rex's room for my amusement uh thank you all we've been the handstand cast and we will catch you next week the Handstand Cast is brought to you by Handstand Factory and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode along with the show notes and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com slash podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horwath. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.